This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Break a shot! Crew Alexandra 2, Swindon Town 1. You'll hear plenty of positive comments, but boy, it's not it's not feeling very good at the moment. I'm pretty deflated, and I wasn't even there. Somebody who was, though, joins me for this episode. It's Max. Hello, Max. Evening, Rich. How are we? I'm not good. I'm not good. <laughs> I'm suffering, man. It's getting harder and harder to talk about this football club without wanting to focus on the off-the-pitch stuff. At the moment, it feels like we're covering all the football, all the football, all the football, and we're ignoring some of the bigger questions. And I know we've covered over five or six episodes previously the off-the-field stuff, but the off-the-field episodes have been about you know real blunders by the club for various things. But now things seem to be just really boiling over and it's very hard to see how this ends well for anyone <laughs> associated with Swindon and I probably include the fans in there it's it's oh help me Max you're my only hope yeah it's it, yeah it's getting a struggle because I think that there was a little bit of there was a lot less negatives after this game in terms of like the reactions I've seen and it's it it's one of them in isolation today wasn't the worst but it's just 
yeah, it's just that build-up of how bad it's been and for how how long it's been that bad. Like, it's it's difficult to see, you know, where we get out of this and like what what the solutions to all our you know, seemingly all the problems we seem to have on and off the pitch. You know, it's it's tough to see when it's going to end. Mm. And it, it, it's not like oh, we win next week and onwards and upwards. It just feels like we'll win next week and we'll probably ball something up the following and we're, we're just... feels like we are spiralling towards the drain. It's probably not going to be the worst-case scenario this season because, luckily, I think there are, there are worse teams. But... I say that Salford got a win today against Crawley and now they're closer to us and they're down in 21st. Oh, it's just absolutely miserable following this club at the moment. And Jamie Goodwin agrees. He's the one that wins the sum, <laughs> summarize the current situation in a tweet. So we don't have to talk about it for an hour. He says it is honestly not an over-exaggeration. This is the single worst Swindon squad I've ever seen. The first 30 minutes before our equaliser was about as rubbish a performance in my 35 years supporting Swindon Town Football Club. Man of the match was the final whistle. Max, have you got have you got more encouraging noises to make other than Jamie's? Uh, I, I think I'm with Jamie at the moment. I, I like to look at Glatzell today. But I think that's a positive. That's that's one positive I've taken away. Um, Bycroft did all right. Um, didn't see a lot of the boy in today's game, but I thought, you know, for you know, three players coming in off one or even zero training sessions in Bycroft's case, and you know, making debuts for us is, I think it's 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 good if they can kick on and if we can use them in the right way and improve us. But I mean, everyone talks about the Beamish line, and it's tough to see, you know, how we beat that at the moment based on you know recent form and. You know, having to, and if it is a case of we're having to bring in all these players, and you know, if you're having to bed in six or seven players in January without preseason, it's, you know, like you say, spiraling. And I'm not sure that's the best way to approach it, really, by just throwing more and more bodies at it. Yeah. January is for complementing, you know, building on what you've already got. It's not to rebuild. I, I refuse to believe clubs have uh, changed dramatically. Uh, as as a sort of a majority based on complete rebuilds in January. You just enhance what you've got to see your season over the line. But anyway, let's talk about the starting lineup because it was a new class as, you know, I, I was surprised because there was a debut in goal for Bycroft. I thought uh, he might sit out a game or two uh, as he prepares for EFL life, but the reality is Oxford City is only a division below us, as as he was at loan with um, Aldershot as well. At the back this week, we were going with the Godwin Malife, Bruitt and Minturn back three, Kokolo and Shade out on the wings, Concilla and Khan just ahead, a debut for Devoy and a debut for Glatzel and Austin up top. Later, we would see Blake Tracy come on for Bruitt at half time, injured. Khan go off for McEachran, injured. And Devoy and Glatzel would get some respite after playing 68 minutes coming off for Jake Kane and Rashan Hepburn Murphy. So it is a new squad. 
that's what I mean. three new players have come in. We do expect, I suppose, players to go and players to come in. So I just feel like what we'll be told now is, well, these players need at least a month to bed in. And then suddenly we're at February and then, well, you know, it's looking good. And then it'll be March, April, May, and the season will be over and we'll be 18th or something. But as you said there, Glatzel was the one that, that, that stood out to you for the, out of the three debutants. Yeah, I think so. Just in, I, I really like, and I think Flynn said it after the game as well, that, um, you know, his movement looks really good. Um, he, he's not the biggest, but um, he seemed to turn on defenders quite well and, you know, find little pockets of space where, you know, players behind him in the, in the midfield were putting balls over the top for him um, and, you know, hopeful balls, but he, he tended to find a way to get onto the end of them. Um, he found himself out quite wide a bit, as you know, our strikers have tended to do this season, trying to make up for lack, lack of players in that space. But I thought he looked lively. He was full of energy. Um, but yeah, I think his legs were starting to go in a bit. And um, someone mentioned this. It's his first game in about 18 months. So, you know, I think if any of them do need bedding in, it's definitely going to be Glatzel. But the signs are good for me from him. Yeah, he he has played. He played in the EFL Trophy, and he has played for the under twenty ones. But I do appreciate though the intensity of those games are probably far different than playing Crew in League Two. Oh, I'm miserable. This is a write off. This episode. <laughs> oh my goodness me. Okay, so how how do you want to do this really? Because you were there. How what was what is the vibe at the moment? Because there's been a, since let's let's use the official supporters club on the sofa conversation with Anthony Hall as is the as the spark, right? That's that's let's use that moment where he basically accidentally on purpose turned on the majority, you know, the 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 the, the core that go to games, the season ticket holders. He didn't say freeloader, but the implication was there. And in the away games that have followed that, you've had pockets like you've seen at home games as well in the town end, pockets of the freeloader chant. And what we saw this week on social media is something very minor, just exploded in terms of Clem not being around this week, although I think you 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 said he was at the game, and we also there was something else that that made the fans react in, in quite the way. So is that powder keg sort of atmosphere within the fan base? Is that reflected in the away end at the moment? Today it's at a point of apathy, and especially I mean when we're conceding ten minutes in, and it's less. You know, in terms of like the majority of the crowd, it's less anger that I'm seeing. It's more just, oh, here we go again. I think the fan, that it just seems, just seems like a beaten down fan base this season, and it's been the same at all the away games I've been at. Really, like it was, it's a very similar to vibe to what it was at Harrogate, where we're going to we're going to games and thinking, well, you know, we're probably not going to get anything here. So, but you know, it's a, it's a day out, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's it's just very very muted and very apathetic. That's kind of the vibe I got today. Yeah. And that's beginning to frustrate the angrier element of the fan base, isn't it? Because we're seeing, and you have to say that teams like Reading are far further, or the fan bases of teams like Reading are far further down the line than what we are. And they've had a few bang to rights, real problematic issues at the Medeski. So it isn't, the same and cannot be compared 
and I would love to know when Reading fans are at this stage of not being happy with their owner, whether the core were full of apathy or or they were really upset from the off because it does feel like we are moving towards tennis balls and and chants um, within the county ground in the not too distant future. It doesn't necessarily, it's not something I necessarily agree with at the moment, but I completely understand why that will happen eventually if it's next week or after that. Yeah, it's getting to that point. Um, I mean, so one of, one of my friends is a Stockport fan. He he sent me the video of the Reading fans day and also, you know, fair play to the Reading fans. It's like, you know, it's good to see them, like, taking action as a fan base. That's good to see. And he just said, like, oh, this will be this will be you soon, right? I'm like, I just don't think we're there yet. I think, I think we're still in that sort of stage of, you know, there's still some people that do, like, like people will, completely put the blame on Flynn and they'll say, oh, but he's been given a budget, he's not spending it or whatever. Um, I just think we're not complete. There's still a little bit of a divide there. Um, and until that, that until everyone kind of comes together and agrees on the situation at the club, I just don't think we're going to be at that stage anytime soon. What do you think that stage is? My personal opinion is it's either a home battering. You know, I know we've had older shot. But that was in a that was a cup game where a lot of people chose not to go to it, and it was a bit of a shell shock. And you know, ultimately, it's not a league game, and we got away with it nationally. <laughs> you know, it just shows that the first round of the FA Cup just isn't really a thing. You know, the TV networks will try and argue otherwise, but we conceded seven goals against against non-league opposition, and it made a very light murmur nationally. So I think what will tip Swindon fans over the edge will either be a real comprehensive, ugly loss that isn't a 2-0 loss, we're talking like 4-5, or something happens behind the scenes which is definitive because there's a lot of talk within the fan base there's a lot of there's been a lot of little things that are that have built into a bigger thing something larger like i, I mean the points deduction thing i honestly don't think will happen but that let's use that as an example if we were to get a points deduction that is when things really escalate in terms of discontent within the fan base yeah and well this the, the other one i think and I, i'll get your opinion is like based on what was said after the game today a player being like a certain player being sold not not necessarily i'm obviously referring to Romeo hutton in this now but i think if you get towards the end of winter and let's say hutton's gone and then let's say khan maybe khan goes as well i'm just trying to think of anyone who will have like some sort of a value like do you think do you think that our team essentially being decimated from Young, Young and Kemp going at the start of the month and then let's say we get to the end of the month and then Hutton and Khan are gone and we're left with, you know, a bunch of low knees and some, you know, young kids with potential, but, you know, not a lot of, like, maybe not maybe not the best current ability. Maybe we're left with the scraps. Yeah, I, I, think, that's a, I think that's a good question. And I think a lot of people are saying... I'll make my judgment in February. And I think that's what they're talking about. It's not about the performances. It's about what we're left with once the the window closes. Because as I said in the press, there's been a lot of emphasis on players coming in. But now we're really starting to see 
sort of noises or hear noises about players going out. And if we if we do, if for example we say Mahoney, Young, Kemp, Khan, Hutton all leave in a window and they're not seen as adequately uh, replaced and we really don't know if it'll be adequate until they play some games then that that might turn because ultimately that's what we're here for isn't it we're here to watch football matches and we want we want us to have the best possible chance to win games and it just feels like they've balls this season up in their transfer policy from from day one because Flynn came in at the start of May had a whole transfer window ahead of him I don't know if he's in charge exclusively of transfers. He's got a budget to work with, but it just seems to have not gone to plan really from the very off. And that is not a poor, unlucky situation. That is, that's, that's our own doing. How many times have we said it that everyone saw, like from October onwards, everyone saw this coming based on the squad that he had all summer to build and everyone still saw, but you'll get to October, you've got Saturday, Tuesday. You're going to ruin these players' legs, and then what? Because, I mean, I'm, I mean, everyone saw it coming. The, the signs have been there to see. The cracks were there for everyone to see, and they're finally breaking. <laughs> Max, the, Michael Flynn was saying it. You know, he was talking about that those wins during the nine-game unbeaten spell is points on the board before... <laughs> before like the the form runs out you know he probably didn't envisage it being as bad as it was but he was saying it instead of like no we're we're going to really kick on he was saying well i'm happy to get points on the board now before it gets stickier you know it's almost as if he knew as well yeah ugh. and that, that 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 that's what this season is Rich. it's just ugh. and a dan hunt sigh and ugh. just ugh. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Romeo Hutton because he didn't play. This was the first game he hasn't played all season. I think he's played every minute of uh, League Two football with Swindon until this weekend. It was the big news, really. And it was it, it, it was seemed to be getting ignored with all the debuts. But Hutton not playing is is significant. He's a he's, I think, unfairly Marmite within the fan base. You see a lot of fans saying, well, he can't cross, he can't defend, cash in, be gone. We'll miss him if we don't replace him adequately. I'll tell you that much. But post-game, Flynn said, you know, he, he implied, and do correct me because I haven't got the the direct quote here, but it was said that he didn't, he, he can't pick players, or he shouldn't pick players if they're not in the right frame of mind. There was no mention of whether he was injured or ill or anything like that. It was said, what what would it take for him to get into the right frame of mind? And the reply was a big cuddle. Now, he's gone. He's going. You don't drop Romeo Hutton out of nowhere when he's played every minute, unless he's injured, of course. I, 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 I really am concerned with how blasé we are about his exit. Yeah, because he's a massive miss. Today, today he was a big miss for me. Um, as well as I, I thought Shade did, Shade was okay today, but he just doesn't have that direct that directness um, with the balls that he puts into the box. Really, he's, he's not accurate out wide. He has to. I think Shade's best when he when he comes in and once he gets to the byline, he's or he's towards the box. Like that's where his strength is. Whereas Hutton can cross whether he's crossed from deep early or he gets right to the court right to the corner and crosses him from there. Um, we missed it big time today because 
we didn't get really a chance to see what Glatzall could do in front of the goal because he didn't get anything past through in front of the net or in the box. Um, the goal cut, the goal, goal comes from a decent run from, from Shade, but that's the most significant thing that he really got on got on board today, and that came from a good run from Goblin Belief. But yeah, we're just not. We created even. I mean, and we didn't. We we don't really create that many chances anyway. But today was noticeable that we created so much less. Ugh. Ugh, exactly. Ugh, I'm doing that noise a lot. It's it's lazy. I, I apologize, everybody. <laughs> the goal that started this this weekend from going from a nice little Saturday where I've done a lot of housework, a lot of pottering. It's been good. It's been therapeutic. And then it all came crashing down for me in the 13th minute when when Nevitt scored. In truth, it's a lovely connection that he's had with with the ball. It's it's given Bycroft absolutely no chance. Although, you know I'm going to say it, I'm not happy with the flat-footed defence here. No, and I mean, just put a tape recorder on from... You know, Every week, maybe a podcast. Yeah, just we'll, we'll just find whatever the first episode was without a win, and we'll just play that on repeat because it's this it's the same thing. As and yeah, like the, the finish, the finish is really good, and nothing that Bycroft could do about it. But we're allowing the players to find this find this space. Like we're playing three centre backs, and the players are still finding that kind of space. Like that that's down that's not down to a mistake. That's down to how you how you set up your back three. Yeah, I, I've said it a billion times. Like, like, you're quite right, Max. You know, we can just press play and have the same conversations. There is no combination at this club right now of defenders that works in the way yeah. it's set up. There just isn't, is there? None whatsoever. And it was the same, even, even last season, you saw a similar thing. Like, um, everyone was happy around this time last year when Angus McDonald went, but it was no different when he left. And it, it's, it's, it's been like it's a... Some there's some setup or there's some something with Swindon players' mentality at the moment that whether it whether they, they are just ignoring Flynn as he seemed to infer against Colchester last weekend or whether they're just making so many mistakes that is leading to this. It's for for me, this is down to Flynn not setting up his defence properly. Like if he's seeing the same, if he's seeing those, if he's seeing a lot of the same errors. We don't seem to be changing how we're playing at the back. We're still trying to play out the same way. They're still kind of laid out. They've still got the same... They've had a similar shape every time I've, I've been to watch us play and every time I watch us um, on iFollow. And it's just... It's restraint. I'm just like, just do something different. Like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, what can they do, I guess, is would be the rebuttal. But and, and do you think this is the reason why Flynn doesn't get the level of abuse although I don't think that's the right word, then, I mean, what we're looking at in terms of a run, a poor run, we're, we're, we're almost heading, I, I haven't got the stats, but it feels like we're going into uncharted waters of a, a really bad run in the league where we know they're not going to act on it or we think we know they're not going to act on it. I I don't want them to act on it really because I don't think that they'll replace adequately. So I'm I'm content with Flynn waiting to see what happens beyond. And you know, maybe that's me being naive, but I just simply don't see things changing with Flynn walking. I I, I just don't. It, it just there's there's nothing in the last couple of seasons of this ownership that makes me think. Do you know what? They'll bring someone in quickly, effectively. 
and it'll be the right choice based on what their philosophy is and what players we have at the club. No, because we've we failed with the we in reality we failed with the manager recruitment process. Every, every appointment since um, since Lindsay came in, really, if you think about it, um, and can we? And like you say, it, it's frustrating because I think any I think any other setup, I'd be like, right, Flynn has to go, so we can at least salvage him in the season. But let's say let's say they go sack Flynn tonight. It's going to take them, based on history, two three weeks to replace him, and by that point, you're leaving all the recruitment that we need to that we might need might still need to do up to, I guess it would be Jamie Russell by default, or would it be down to a caretaker? Um, it's, yeah, I, for me, we've got we've got Flynn till the end of the season. Um, you know, a mixture of that, and on top of the fact that he's got a big, long contract that I'm sure they won't want to pay up. Hello, everybody. Summer is here, and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it. OK, so don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But it's, it's Swindon Town. Ian over in Florida <laughs> clips the Swindon Town equaliser. Wonderful uh, summary. 1-1. Crew defending like us. Good to see. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Although I mentioned it before that I, I really like the way that um, Goldwyn Malife stepped out of defence to, you know, basically pierce through their midfield and force that ball through to say, I thought he did a good job there. And what was good for me is Charlie Austin in a place where I want Charlie Austin to be feeding off errors and finishing it. That is what I want my Charlie Austin to do. Yeah, that's where I, 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 tend to, I turned to my mate afterwards and said this through traps. I was like, that's why you stick Charlie Austin in the six-yard box. That's why I don't want Charlie Austin running into the corners and like getting picking up loose balls. I want him there, ready, when that ball comes into the box. And he reaped the rewards of doing it. Yeah, so. and, and it's encouraging that he he seems, goals-wise, certainly seems to be stepping up since the goal scorers left, which we need. So it's good that he's got two in two or whatever for this year. Yeah, yeah, and... You know, hopefully he just continues to do that for the rest of the season. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it, 
if he's got Glatzel playing up with him, they can form a good partnership and he can and Glatzel can hopefully lead on Charlie as well and lean on his experience a bit and uh, you know, use that well going forward. Pro Alexandra had a pop at um, dearest Charlie Austin and Swindon after the game. They tweeted, rubbing our hands together, another three points, and it's a it's a short clip of Charlie Austin rubbing his hands to the crew fans. This is modern football. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair enough. But we, we, we'd probably be doing something similar, so uh, let them have that one. Um, halftime 1-1. One, one. Is is was there any other talking points in this half that, that you want to cover before we move on? Other than Charlie Austin basically body-checking Connor Thomas into the uh, advertising recordings at the side of the pitch? Ooh. Not really. Go on. It, well, so I've I've seen the clip and you can't really see the end impact, but um, a, a player's all over Tyree Shea trying to trying to trying to get the trying to win a header down, I think, and it comes over to Thomas and um, Charlie goes to challenge him right on the uh, right on the edge of the pitch and kind of <laughs> he kind of pushes him and it's awkward the way he lands because the pitch looked wet and he kind of slips and falls. It's either shoulder first or it's head first into the into the advertising hoardings at the side of the pitch and. It sounded a nasty impact. Whatever happened, uh, he was down. He was down for a few minutes, but yeah, I think he ended up playing full ninety anyway. So I'm guessing he didn't hit his head. No, indeed. Okay, um, halftime then one one. Brilliant. That I'll take that <laughs> all day long. But with Swindon Town this season, you, you always you need Swindon to be two or three up at halftime to have any sort of hope <laughs> that it will go our way uh, because. We'd always tend to have a wobble, but we had a, a stronger bench this time. But I remember looking at uh, the comments from crew fans and they were very happy with their bench too. So that kind of wiped out any optimism that I had. Tom Brewitt went off at half time, uh, a recurrence of his knee problem. Oh, dearie, dearie me. I, I, whenever, whenever, whenever I read knee problem, it doesn't feel like he's gonna, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be back anytime soon. He might be back. It might be light. We don't know. We have to wait and see. But he's been playing injured, which the reaction from the fan base is nothing to do with Brewer as a footballer. It was just like this is not something to applaud in modern football. If your player's injured, they need to be rested. They need to rest up because they will get injured. And lo and behold, the next game. Here we are again. Yeah, and it's just just as we get um, Blake Tracy back, it's another centre back out. So it's just one less one less option we have, and you know we're we're forced into now we're going to be forced into playing the same combination. But you chuck Blake Tracy in instead of uh, Brew it, and with how crap we've been defensively, it's just yeah, it doesn't help, does it? No. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't at all, because injured people need paying too. So it's not a case that we can just freshen up by bringing in bodies. Uh, we've got to, uh, well, we've got to do what we've been doing all season long. So um, hopefully Tom Brewer will be back ASAP because he, he <laughs> oh man, oh man, we need, we need the names. We need the bodies. We need them there. I mean, if they're, if they're contracted and they're here, we need them. Uh, I'd stand by the fact that there is no good combination, but if I was to draw out my three, Brewitt would be in it. So it's, it's it, we need we need him back. But Blake Tracy came on, and there was plenty of praise for for him in the second half. Would you agree with that? 
yeah, he really, he genuinely, he really did shore up that left side of the defense. And um, during the second half, attacking wise, pretty much everything was coming down the left hand side. And Blake Tracy was a big, big part of that. You know, he's um, playing plenty of good balls down the line for Kokolo. Um, he seemed to, he was very loud and communicating with everyone. Uh, yeah, I think he made, he made a, he made a better difference at the back. That's good. That's good because we need. <laughs> Banging the same bloody drum, aren't I? Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Right. Um, anything before the goal that we need to cover? Oh, I can't think. I can't think of anything off off the top of my head. Um, other than the subs coming on, was that before or after the goal? That was before. Yeah. So yeah. So Glatzel and Deboy came off. Um, Jake Kane came on, and then who? And it was good to see. Actually, that well, that's the one. Actually, it's good to see Hepburn Murphy being back on the pitch after. That must have been a hell of a sore knee. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so sad, Max. This is. <laughs> I'm so sad. Oh, I just want. I just. It, it, it's not uh, the way I feel at the moment. It's got. It's, I can deal with losing. That it's the not knowing where the change comes from. That's that's that I'm so angsty about. That's it. What, one thing I will say um, before before Crew did score is that I mean we were having you know, some decent patterns going going forward and um there were one or two mutters after they scored a well that was against run of play and I was I was I was sort of inclined to agree but the the problem came with just we just weren't we were getting forward quite well and progressive in the midfield but there was just no final ball into the box, no chances being created. I mean Cocolo must have had about four or five chances in, in, in the second half leading up to the goal to put a ball in and he just he, he was really struggling to be I think it was um Billington on a crew's right hand side who you know seemed to contain Colo quite well um Shade was winning a few corners but we weren't really doing anything with them uh and yeah it was just a bit of a it was just a bit of a struggle to get anything going within their 18 yard box in the second half did it feel like a winner was inevitable? Could this game easily have just, you know, meandered to a draw? Would, was, do you think a draw would have been a a a fair reflection of, of the performance? Because, again, I'm, I'm not just looking at Swindon fans. I'm looking at Crew fans, and Crew fans are saying, like, really, 2-1 flattered Swindon and that it was quite comfortable for them. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It, it was quite comfortable I mean, their midfield was was okay, but yeah, their their defense you can, and they played a five at the back as well, and they play five at the back how you're supposed to. They were they were solid, stopped anything coming into their box. Everyone was in the right place when they needed to be. To whether it was for, I think we had six or seven corners in the game, and we barely really we barely threatened from it because they defended their set pieces properly. Um, two solid wing backs in their team, just. Yeah, they they just they really limited us, and they just they stopped us creating any chances. And you know they weren't creating a ton of chances themselves, but um, you know as 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 you kind of see with with the goal they score, they just they were clinical with the few chances in front of the net they got, um, and we only had one chance in front of the net, which I suppose I mean we scored from that as well. But there was a winning goal just after a flurry of substitutions. One of them was Courtney Baker Richardson. And yet, you know, we've we've joked and we've referenced rinse repeat. This goal is straight from the Swindon Town conceding back catalogue of the 2023-24 season. Yeah, it's just a comedy of 
attempted clearances, and I think it's I think it's Minton that's down injured by the time the ball's Ooh. in the back of the net. He gets he gets the ball to the nuts, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, Sum up poor old Harrison Minturn's like <laughs> baptism of fire um, of this season and him getting a, uh, a ball to the nuts and falling into the ground just as crew score the winner is pretty much up there with, with, with a perfect summary. I say that that definitely doesn't put you in the right frame of mind, does it? No, no. Um, it, it was it's quite funny because I was following it remotely, so I was getting the updates from Swindon Town, and it was like, oh, Kinsella hits the bar, and then I watched the highlights. I was like, oh, but it's not one of those. So it's just sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know what they're on about. <laughs> I know, I know. Like um, official comms is a, is a propaganda machine it's the same across all, all all clubs but it was just the fact that oh i look forward to seeing the um yeah. uh yeah okay but it, it did hit the bar so it's true but it it wasn't one of those like oh so close <laughs> sort of moments but but yeah two one how did hepburn murphy do in his in his 20 odd minutes Feeding off scraps is is the problem. I went the the few runs he did get on the ball, he ended up quite wide. So anytime he kind of got the ball forwards, he either had to shoot from a tight angle or he was fighting to stop the ball from going out for a goal kick and ended up having to kind of punt the ball back as best he could. But like I say, crew were just very organized at the back and they dealt with it pretty well. They were, you know, seeing seeing him seeing him to the outside, stop him having a direct chance on net and any balls that were put into the box were just cleared away with ease um but he, he looked good he looked like he looked you know he's got that pace about him and the directness about him so like anytime he had the ball at his feet he looked like he was gonna do something with it but i think yeah just couldn't break down that crew defense at all really and like i said he was feeding off scraps so he didn't really get a lot of chances to to do much sadly fair enough i i, I kind of want to dwell a little bit on the fact that so many listeners said there were green shoots in this game. And I, you've probably mentioned them all in terms of, you know, Glatzel's movement and and Glatzel's movement <laughs> and so forth. But when I, when I put out my sort of request for listeners' contributions, almost all of the first five or ten were, it was better, but... This is it, and it... And it, and it... I mean, it was better, but we're still just not. It's, it's better, but still without creating anything clear cut. I mean, we 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 barely even created half chances, let alone clear cut chances. So, and that's the problem. I think we we progressed the ball a bit better in midfield, I'd say. Um, but other than that, I mean, that that's like the main improvement, I guess, from the Colchester game is that we didn't just, you know. We didn't have to. I suppose we weren't in a situation to sit back, but we had to play with the ball a bit more, um, and we were fine. I'd say I, I, t- t- today's performance was more of a fine, but you know, ugh, just there's no substance really about about us. We're not. We're just not creating anything. And you can you can play as nice as you want in midfield and progress the ball, but if you can't even put an accurate cross in to the box. More than I think we put. I think according to the stats, we put in two accurate crosses all game. It's just not enough. Mm, no, it's not. And 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 I think the core acknowledge that. Like Swindon fans, football fans are exactly that. They're supporters. They're fans. They want they want their club to do well, so they can acknowledge. Like, hey, compared to the last few weeks, that was all right. 
However, still not enough. And as as one listener put, they're looking down now, um, as opposed to looking upwards, which is a uh, yeah, welcome, brother. I can't remember the last time I looked upwards. Mm. <laughs> not scouting your way, maybe. Oh, oh, that's a long time ago. That's when the run ended, you big pessimist, you. But you were right, at least. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, I mean, Bennett Crew here, better but still not good enough, and I think that's where we are. The listeners' contributions are very much uh, along the same lines. And then Tom Goldfinch says, what's the saying? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Week in, week out, same thing, nothing changes. And and that's it, because we've been pretty good going forward all season, and we've been pretty damn bad at the back all season. And nobody can say that's revisionist. Even during that great run, we were showing glimpses of, of, of hellfire at the back, but we're getting away with it. Well, that, um, the, the Apprington away game was like the epitome of our season, wasn't it? In that, in that way, same with the Wrexham game, really just, you know, we've, we've got some, we've got, we've got a few bright, we've got some bright players that are going forward, but it doesn't matter who we put at the back. They're all over the place. And it, and we're not doing anything. We don't seem to be not doing anything about it. The, the shape's been the same pretty much all season. You know, mess about with maybe a change of shape or maybe give Goldman Belief a go at right back because you look at the goal when he's driving forward. I think he looked he he, he was doing a bit more of that today in Hutton's absence, which was good to see. Um, it's something different you can do, but we just don't seem to. And I and I know we're limited by you know we've got a Fredbear squad and. There was injuries, which I know Flynn likes to pedal and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just his his only solution seems to be plonking players in front of a mirror. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've only been talking for thirty nine minutes, and we're not going to talk for a great deal longer because I'm worried things are happening. <laughs> and I, we've already said they're absolutely not going to get rid of Flynn. So I think I might have, you know, possibly. Uh, tempted fate on that front we'll, we'll, we'll find out over time um, these aren't online these are messages coming through to me on, on whatsapp but I don't I don't think uh, anything has I don't know I don't know we'll we'll, we'll see and there'll be a, a, a dedicated pod to that shade beat Fraser Blake Tracy to man of the match um, is that fair is it I've seen a lot of negative stuff about shade but this is shade. People either love him or, or regardless of how well he plays, they will not recognise it. So one of our many Marmite players. He was all right. Muscle <laughs> I don't think he, he, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't bad. Um, and Blake Tracy was, again, he was fine. He made, a, he made a bit of a difference, but ultimately he's still part of a back three that concedes a bit of a comedy goal. So I, so I feel a bit weird giving him man of the match myself. Hey, you you can choose whoever you want, my man. That's that's the glory of being. You get the pod vote. So who are you going for? Well, for me, I'm I'm going, and this will be unpopular. With some, but I'm going to go with Glatzel. I just think he looked really bright, and you know, if we can utilize him correctly, I think he could be a really good player for us. And he looked good today. Pow! Instant impression with Max, and I love to see it. And I like that. That's good because it was identified in the post match that. Um, he said, uh, seen enough of his movement and finishing and training to know he will be good. That could be the big difference between us looking down and looking really further down. Saidu Khan dislocated two or three fingers. Uh, one, would, one wouldn't go back in without painkillers. 
Oh, no, thank you. I cringed when I heard that for the first time. That's, mm. I don't like that. Get well soon, Saidu. I mean, it might be the last time we see him. Flynn post-match says, if you can't defend the box, you can see goals. That's a repeat, isn't it? Second one, we've left a big gap when one of the midfielders has run out of the area. A defender covers, which leaves space in the box. Not the first time we've seen that. Felt the players did all right. They put a shift in. Not the first time we've heard that. Today's selection needed to freshen it up. Three players had reasonable debuts. Um, It's just the same old stuff, isn't it? I was going to say, can you put in like a, a sound effect of someone like rewinding a, a VHS or something? Oh, that would that would be funny, you're right. This could be our end of season review all in one go. Um, we'll have to turn it into a drinking game. Just tune into BBC Wiltshire at half five on a Saturday and have your shots ready. Yeah. <laughs> the, the big difference is that fans aren't seething with this defeat. They're deflated. They're like, well, we tried perhaps... Crew are just better than us. That's pretty much it. And next up, we've got Tramia Rovers, who are right on par with Swindon, I think. Swindon Town currently sit in 15th on 34 points. Oh, no. Shame on me. All the way down in 18th for Tramia on the lowly 33 points. Pathetic. Um, Of course, they can leapfrog Swindon next week if they uh, put in a similar performance. Not even that. If they get the same result as they did last time we played them a few weeks ago. Why are we playing them so soon? I was thinking that. We we always seem to, and we always seem to play Tramia away right before Christmas as well. There's been three or I can think of three or four instances where it's been the case in that. What are they doing around here? We should be playing teams from close around the start of the season. Should we play Doncaster or someone, shouldn't we? And they lost to Dan Kemp's MK, MK Dons today, 2-1. Oh, so He played, didn't he? Started, did Dearest Kemp. So there's only one thing he's doing now. He's coming home at the end of the window, isn't he? That's right, right? <laughs> they, they, they haven't given away his number. They haven't given his number away. He's coming home. Vasquez Webb going to bring in a big number 10 who oh, I hope so. probably played in... Chelsea's academy or something, maybe. Maybe we'll venture away from Liverpool with the next one. Mm, yeah, maybe. A double header feels so important. Uh, Swindon home to Tramier and Bradford back to back. They both feel winnable, losable, drawable. We just don't know. <laughs> but all three teams scrapping it out there to try and salvage dignity. I wouldn't say the season. So <laughs> salvage some dignity before we go to Newport County away. On the well, midday fixture, rubbish. That prevents me from eating wings, um, which you, you can imagine how annoyed I am about that. Um, a 12.45 kickoff because of the Six Nations. Pathetic, <sighs> isn't it? It's not for me. It's not for me. Um, this isn't going to be up there with one of the best pods we've done. I, it, it's tough covering Swindon at the moment without wanting to just weep into a microphone and you know i like you max but you don't need to you don't need to experience that it's tough at the minute it's it's tough to find and i think you know the the, the away following was good today but you can tell there's just a drained there's like a collective drained energy from all of us at the moment and it's kind of we're all kind of resigned to the fact that well we're not very good and we probably won't get a result we're doing this because it's our club and that's you know we're gonna we're gonna follow it no matter what oh yes and yes, just, we are, and we will get. And I was saying to people in the pub, we'll get out of this. That it it'll, it'll has to, it has to get better at some point. I think the tough thing is seeing, but how far away is that? Mm. Um, 
and that's just I, I don't want to get I don't want to go to I don't want to go to football and be depressed I want to go to football to you know I want to go enjoy football with my mates. That's what we've been saying all year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sound the klaxon. Max <laughs> wants to watch football with his mates, and that's the most important thing. And I cannot emphasise this. This isn't about Swindon not winning. I can deal with that. I've supported Swindon for actively for 34 years. It, it's not about glory. At the moment, it feels so bleak because, as I said earlier in, in this in this episode... I just don't see how it improves. Even if we just rally and finish 10th, I mean, I know what that will do. The club will push that. Come and see us next year because the real quiz starts now. And that's what we did. That's what they did last year. And it just, I just don't believe it, but I know I'm going to put my money down. And why? You know, I've got, I've got two little children. I could just spend my Saturdays with them, but the lure of Swindon Town. Is 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 quite something. That's it. I, I I do think these next two games are pretty massive for the club in terms of they've got a fan base that's sort of teetering on the edge of apathy. But like you say, you know, a hammering off one of these teams, I think it could turn badly. And you know, people people are seeing that. You know, obviously, Clemorphoni's in the director's box. He's there. He's visible. He's seemingly talking to people about the place. Um, I think he's got a, an interview penciled in with BBC Wiltshire at some point next week. And that'll be, I don't know, whether he'll say anything of substance or whether we'll get the, oh, you know, I know I, I'm as frustrated as you are. It's like, no, you're not, Glenn. Um, you're, really, you're really not because you're not walking back, walking back to the train station in the crew in the pissing down rain. Frustrated after spending £27 on that ticket, by the way. Ooh, how very Swindony. Yeah, so I know how all the regular homegoing fans feel now. Mm. Uh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah, we, we, we await Clem Fooney's words. I'm going to go and make some phone calls now and see if I'm going to firm up some uh, the rumour mill. And Max, I thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. Good run by him and now Max The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! One of them. It's just one of them. So, just take a look at a phone call, suggesting that he's heard uh, that he's been sacked. But I'm trying to firm it up. No, surely not. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just. There's gonna... no way that there's no way that I don't think they would do it on the bus back. No, no. Anyway, the Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.